Independent retail business can mean so many things these days. A brick and mortar store, an e-commerce business, a maker's online shop, a booth at an antique mall, and more. No matter which category you're in, Kathy Cruz, a fellow retail business owner and retail educator, will teach you how to market and manage your business efficiently so you can spend time doing other things you love. Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Podcast. Welcome to episode 59 of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. This is part four of the Retail CEO Challenge, Metrics and Benchmarks for a Successful Retail Business. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. So this is the last episode dedicated to the Retail CEO Challenge, but I want to stress again that you shouldn't skip this one if you didn't sign up for the actual challenge. I'm sharing some gold nuggets in each of these episodes, so I highly recommend that you listen. In this episode, I'm talking about the Retail Business Year-End Report. And this is, I guess this is the workbook that's like nicely packaged that I wish someone would have given me when I started my shopkeeping journey. It's an 11-page report and it sounds long, but it's really, I, I tried to make it as simple as possible. And it's going to help you summarize your business in 2020. If you signed up for the challenge I'll be teaching a live masterclass on Monday, February 8th, 2021, where I'll focus on this report. And this is where I'll break through some of that like elusiveness, where you're not sure if you're performing well as a retail business or you're not, because no one shares some of the information and some of the benchmarks that I'll be sharing in this class. And I'll explain this a little bit more further down here in this episode. I know I talk about data often but it's because it's so important. So in order to complete this report, if you signed up for the challenge and you downloaded it, and even if you don't, it's important for you to know what pieces of information you need in order for you to do something like this. So here's a list of things that I recommend. I think it's on the first or second page of the report so that you can get prepared to complete all of the parts of the report. So you'll need your profit and loss statement, you'll need information from your loyalty reward program, your bank accounts, or single account or multiple accounts, I have multiple accounts, your email software program, your inventory system, your point of sale system, your e-commerce system, and then just information about your retail store in general, like the square footage of the retail space in your store. Now, someone recently said that a lot of this information they can just get from their point of sale system. And it really just depends on how your business is set up. And yes, you can get the stats from your system. But the reason for this challenge is to educate you about why it's important, how you can improve it, where you might need to make improvements. It's all of the information that comes in addition to just knowing what the number is. There's like so much more beyond what your point of sale system tells you. And that's why I created this challenge. You can spit out all of these numbers from your reports in your system. But what I often find is retailers just have so many questions around that information. So today I want to talk about the parts of the year-end report. But what I think you'll like about this episode is that I'm going to give a lot of examples and I'm going to share some stories to make it as relatable as possible. So it's not just me talking about formulas and the data itself. I want to share some good examples so that you can relate. So the first part of the report is revenue. 
And I recently said on social media that revenue isn't the only thing you should be tracking, but of course, you want to be tracking it, and it is important. And if you don't make revenue, if you're not bringing in revenue, your business won't survive, right? So most likely you already track this. But what's important here is I want you to calculate the percentage that you either your business grew, so hopefully it's a positive growth, or maybe the percentage that the the sales dropped. And then what's really important is then to determine what worked if it did grow, if your business did grow, and maybe why it didn't work. You want to optimize what worked and you want to start making changes if something wasn't working. Pretty obvious, right? The next part of the report is you want to know what your gross profit and gross profit margin is. This metric tells you how profitable you are in either dollars or in percentage. And I don't have time in this episode to go into detail about each of these, but I do have a story to share. So I know of a shopkeeper who purchased an existing business a few years ago, and she purchased it for over $100,000. She recently told me she had no idea what gross profit margin is or what it means. And unfortunately, her business dropped drastically in 2020, and it wasn't because of COVID. I think there were some other circumstances, but she believed everything in retail should be marked two times. Marked up two times, I should say. If you're doing this too, I want to tell you that you've most likely been misinformed. There's so much that goes into pricing And keystone pricing, this is where you take the price you paid for an item, then multiply it times two to determine your retail price. That won't always keep a retail business alive. And it's so important that you know this. Please, if there's anything that you learn about, please learn about this. And I have a few resources to share. So if you listen to episode four of this podcast, that's how retailers can increase average sale. Listen to episode 44, The Retail Profit Pie. There's more information on this topic. And then I also wrote a blog post a couple years ago on how to price products in a retail store. I also linked another really helpful article within my blog post to help you on this topic. So I thought I'd just share those. Just because I can't go into much more detail on this episode, those could be really helpful to you. And if you join the challenge and you're going to be part of Monday uh, on February 8th, part of that class, I'll go into a little more detail there, of course. So next on the report, the year-end report, is cash flow. And cash flow is the amount of money flowing through your business each month. Of course, we want more sales coming in than expenses going out. But the number one reason a retail business fails today is its inability to manage cash flow. This episode is brought to you by Flowdesk. Email marketing shouldn't be so hard. That's what I thought for years when I struggled using another software program to design and send emails for my retail store. Then Flowdesk came along. Now it's so easy to design and send beautifully branded emails to our customers that convert into sales. I also use Flowdesk to send the Savvy Shopkeeper newsletter. Flowdesk is a woman-owned company and the software is in beta, which means they're still new and building some features, but personally, I have loved it. If you have an email list of over a thousand or more subscribers and you send emails to your customers pretty regularly, you know the monthly price for email marketing can add up. At this time, Flowdesk is offering unlimited subscribers and unlimited emails for $38 a month. 
But I have a special offer for you. You can have unlimited subscribers and send unlimited emails for only $19 a month. To get half off the monthly price of $38, yes, it's only $19 a month, visit SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash Flowdesk for a special link. That's SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash Flowdesk, F-L-O-D-E-S-K. So two parts of this exercise on the report, it doesn't go into like a full cash flow lesson, but two things that I cover on the report is to kind of do a check-in with yourself. Do you have an emergency fund or a reserves account? I don't care what you call it, but do you have that? And the other part is expenses. So let's talk about your cash reserves or your emergency fund. 2020 might have slapped you in the face with this, But there are other situations for small business owners where a reserve account could really be beneficial. So I mean, there's instances, and unfortunately, I don't wish this on anyone, but there could be a fire in your building. There could be weather situations, tornadoes, flooding, hurricanes. And then unfortunately, there could be criminal acts like a breaking and an entering where things get stolen from your store and maybe you're uninsured. Whatever the circumstances, we really can't control mother nature, crime or accidents or other situations. But what we can do is make smart decisions like contributing a percentage of revenue every month to a special account so you can be prepared for the unknown in business. I know I really value and treasure our emergency fund account, profit account. Again, choose what you want to call it. We call it a profit account. I like to make it sound really positive. (laughs) But I am so grateful for that right now. I know that if something were to happen, we could most likely cover it and we wouldn't be in a panic. So another crucial part of cash flow is expenses. With technology and recurring payments, it's really easy for retailers to easily lose control of this part of their business. Business as usual is not my recommended approach. I do profit and loss audits with one-on-one clients, and I can't tell you how many times they had no idea how big the expense piece of their profit pie was. So doing a deep dive analysis of your expenses is really, really important. And I know I mentioned this episode a couple minutes ago, but listen to episode 44. It's a good one. Okay, so moving on to other parts of the report. There's information about your transactions, like the average number of transactions you have or the total for the year, plus the average value of a transaction in your store. And then we cover e-commerce stats, like how well does your website convert visitors into online sales? And I'm not going into detail on this these parts either, but uh, conversion rates for your e-commerce stores are really important, especially moving into 2021, because online shopping is not going away. And personally, this is something that I'll be working on for my own store. I know it's time for a change, and we keep having issues with our online shop, and that's just not acceptable. It's not acceptable to me, and it's not acceptable for my customers. So there will be a change in the future, because I really shouldn't and can't put it off any longer. If you're a brick and mortar store owner, we're moving on to the next part of this report, but the report also covers an important metric regarding your retail space investment. Even if you're a maker with a home studio or a non-traditional retail store owner, I don't want you to disregard this part of the report, especially if you're looking to grow. Maybe you're looking to move into a studio space outside of your home 
or if you're looking to expand, move into a bigger space. This section's really important. A member of Master Shopkeepers, she doesn't have a gift shop or an apparel store, kind of like the traditional retail store that we all think about. But I recently had a conversation with her where I pointed out the revenue she generates per square foot is still important for her business. So she has a few revenue streams, including, I guess what you could say would be like a membership model. And viewing each revenue stream in terms of her sales per square foot is actually going to be really important and can be enlightening to her. So she's going to work on this in the next month. So I just want to make sure that you understand that even if you don't have a gift shop or you have something that's a little unique, I'm trying to think of like a situation, maybe it's a... I don't know, a a bike shop with a bike course inside of it and people purchase, you know, hourly rates. There, There are things that you should be doing to determine what your sales per square foot is, even if you don't have a traditional retail store. I hope that makes sense. This episode is brought to you by Tundra. Tundra is an online marketplace for retailers in the United States and Canada. And what I really like about Tundra is that they eliminate transaction fees and markups. As a result, Tundra empowers their community of buyers and suppliers to keep reinvesting in themselves. As a shop small advocate and a buyer for my own retail store, I appreciate that the makers aren't taking a hit on their profit margin when I order from them on Tundra. From home decor to beauty and fashion, there are hundreds, probably even thousands of suppliers to buy from. If you're a brick and mortar store owner and you open a new account, you'll get $50 off your first purchase with Tundra. To get this special offer, visit SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash Tundra. Again, it's SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash Tundra, T-U-N-D-R-A, and you'll get a special link to get $50 off your first purchase. If you remember what I said when I introduced this retail CEO challenge, I said I would teach a masterclass that will break through the elusiveness of retail and that I would teach you about benchmarks. I'll talk about how you can set goals for yourself that are realistic, but more importantly, it's the benchmarks that will help you either figure out why you're struggling and hopefully help you start profiting more. So I have a good example of this because I know sometimes when I say metrics and benchmarks, retailers don't know exactly what I'm talking about. So I had a one-on-one client who couldn't understand why she was struggling so much. When we walked through her profit and loss audit, I found her rent to sales ratio was well over 30%. Ideally for most retails with brick and mortar spaces, your rent to sales ratio should be between 6 and 10%. So what I just shared, that 6 to 10%, knowing that that's what it should be, that's a benchmark. Moving forward, I want to say that I don't want the word ratio to intimidate you because this is really simple. It's how much of your revenue is being used to pay for rent. Like that's really it. How much of your rent is being used to pay for rent? So I have an example. If you take What you pay in rent for the year, you want to do it for a whole year. So let's say, for example, you pay $1,000 a month in rent. That's $12,000 for the year, right? You take your total revenue, and for the sake of this example, let's say you generated $150,000 in revenue for the year. So you divide your total rent for the year, that's the $12,000, by your total revenue for the year, 
150,000 in this example, and that equals 8%. In this example, the person is right within the benchmark. It's a healthy number, a healthy percentage that's going towards their rent for the year. And seriously, that's it. <laughs> that's it to the calculation, to the formula. It's really simple. What's important here is that so many retailers have no idea what their benchmark should be, that 6 to 10%. My client was well above 30%, and holy smokes, like no wonder why she was struggling so much, right? The space you use for your retail business is an expense, and it can be a really substantial one. You should know what your ratio is. I don't want you to just pay rent every month because you think it's a fixed expense and it is what it is and it shouldn't be looked at or you can't do anything about it. That's not the truth. Knowledge is power. Moving on to the next part of the report, and we'll talk about other KPIs like customer loyalty and inventory value, but one final metric that gets covered in the report and that should be given more weight by retailers, it's often neglected, is inventory turn. Now, calculating inventory turn does require a good inventory system with good reporting and at least one full year of data. So if you aren't quite here yet, don't worry about it. What's important is that you work at getting there. So I recently told a one-on-one client that it took me nearly one full year to get all of our inventory into an inventory system. We use Shopventory for now, but I think that's going to change. Now, I can run a dead inventory report. For instance, I can run a report that tells me anything that's been in inventory or in our store for over 180 days or 120 days, like you set the time frame. But information like that can be really helpful. I can also calculate inventory turn now that I have a full inventory system. You see, we opened... Or I should say when we opened, we had no idea about inventory management, like none. <laughs> and by the time I learned about this and the value of the inform- information in an inventory system, we probably had well over $50,000 in inventory in our store. Building our inventory management system was not an overnight project. I mean, heck, I think it It's not even, it wasn't even a one month project. I tackled it one category at a time and I got it done and it's okay. I think it took me a year. But again, the important thing is to identify why it's important to have an inventory system and everything stored in an inventory system and then just start to chip away at it. So if you're a Shopkeepers Lab subscriber or a Master Shopkeepers member, My live lesson in January was all about inventory turn. So if you visit the units tab in the group, in the Facebook group, and then I think you go to unit number six, you can watch the lesson there and get the inventory turn worksheet. I just, it's important for me to mention that because if inventory is something that you've been wanting to work on and you want to learn more about, make sure if you're a group member that you go there. So after my one-year inventory project, I was able to calculate my inventory turn. And what was enlightening was how slowly our baby category was turning versus how quickly our paint category was turning. And when you learn about turn, you realize things like where where maybe you should be investing more of your time and your funds versus where you should be investing less or maybe even less square footage in your store. It all starts to come together and then you kind of quickly identify where your business can really improve and where you should be scaling back 
Again, this whole that's the point of this whole challenge is to enlighten you. So this episode wraps up the 2021 Retail CEO Challenge. I genuinely hope you found it helpful. I hope you had some aha moments. And I've been hearing feedback from some of you that did, and I love it. And I hope it inspired you to start filling those CEO shoes. You and your business deserve it. It is not too late to sign up. I am going to close the challenge on Sunday, February 7th at noon Eastern Standard Time. And then I'll be teaching the live masterclass the next day on Monday, February 8th, 2021 at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Even if you sign up, you have access to everything in the challenge. It's super organized. It's easy to download everything. Even all of the podcast episodes, there's a player within each lesson. So you could just listen right there while you're in the Shopkeepers Academy. And if you can't attend Monday's class, everyone also gets access to the replay. You'll be able to watch the replay and the class will consist of a one hour class. It might go a little bit longer because it's usually longer than I say. And then we'll also have a one hour Q&A session. So anything that you have questions about regarding the challenge or regarding the year end report, I will be there to answer in person, live on Zoom. So if you're interested in still signing up, you go to the shopkeepersacademy.com. It's shopkeepersacademy.com. That's where you sign up. And of course, we'll still link it in the show notes too. So if you want to visit the show notes, or if you want to get links to anything that I mentioned, including previous episodes like that Retail Profit Pie episode, you can visit my blog at savvyshopkeeper.com forward slash episode 59. That's savvyshopkeeper.com forward slash episode 59. I really genuinely hope you found this helpful. I'm looking forward to actually changing it up and episode 60 is going to be completely different and I'm going to share some insight into 2020 and it's not going to be so much about formulas and data. So we're going to change up the pace a little bit and I am looking forward to all future episodes. I have a great lineup for the next year. And again, if you have any feedback about the challenge or feedback about these episodes, you can always DM me on Instagram. My username's at Savvy Shopkeeper. Until the next episode, be savvy and boss up. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money.